0: You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From Pentecost Sunday, May the 31st, 2020, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, was your thing in high school? You know, your thing. Maybe you were an athlete. Maybe you were an academic. Maybe you were a band geek like me. I was the chief band geek my junior and senior years as the drum major of the marching band. What was, what was your thing in high school? I wasn't a cheerleader, but I remember one cheer out of all the cheers I must have heard sitting in the stands for every single game, there's one cheer that I remember. And I think that the reason I remember it is because it was so engaging. Not only did our side of the stands participate in the cheer, but the other side of the stands, particip- the other team, their fans participated as well in this particular cheer so you may know this cheer is the kind of lull and the action it's kind of the game's gotten kind of boring and the cheerleaders need to kind of spice things up for the fans the cheer goes like this we've got spirit yes we do we've got spirit how about you and then the other side chimes in and all seven people here in the room join me you know this cheer right we've got spirit yes we do we've got spirit how about you and back and forth it goes and i don't know what at what point it's supposed to stop but at some point the folks in the stands or maybe the cheerleaders start saying we've got more we've got more and it's a competition who can be the loudest the spirit we've got it yes we do well in our scripture lesson today we read about a group of pe- people who who got the spirit now I want to go back in, in time to last Sunday's message. If you can think that far back, if you listen to that, you remember that we studied the passage of Scripture where Jesus ascends into heaven. But, but before Jesus ascends into heaven, after he's been resurrected from the dead, he gives the disciples a promise. Do you remember the promise? He says this, but, the whole, but you will receive what? What? Remember, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He gave them the promise of power, and if you remember, we get the word power from the Greek word dunamis, which is uh, we get our English word dynamite from that Greek word. no from that Greek word dunamis it means power, explosive. Kind of power. So Jesus gives them this promise you will receive power, and then he's taken up into heaven. And the disciples are left between the promise and the power. And that's how they lived for 10 days in between the ascension and what happens on Pentecost between the promise and the power. I feel a little bit like the disciples in that in-between time. There's a promise for sure. There is hope for the future. But right now, during this season of COVID and social distancing, and and especially the past couple of months being kind of huddled up inside, kind of like the disciples, huddled up in a room, huddled up with my little family, not seeing too many people, I've felt a little bit powerless. I've I've not liked it one little bit. I haven't liked what this virus has done to our world. I haven't liked how many lives it's taken and the grief it's left behind. I don't like the economic uh, disruption that it's caused. I don't like that my friends have lost jobs. I don't like how people are living in fear. I I don't like not being able to hug my friends. I I don't like worshiping in an empty sanctuary. And I... I haven't experienced the suffering in the way a lot of people have, but, but, but I think worldwide we've had a, at least a taste of suffering, a global taste of shared suffering throughout this thing. We've felt a bit powerless, haven't we? Between the promise and the power. So for ten days, the disciples felt this powerlessness. Jesus had given them a promise, but they hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit, and they were kind of in this limbo, in this powerlessness. But it didn't last long. Because on Pentecost Sunday, the, the Holy Spirit came down upon them. And the Holy Spirit showed up in, in the way that God often shows up in the scriptures. There are two classic ways that God shows up. We call this theophany, is God showing up. Two classic ways, and the Holy Spirit does both of those things in this passage. First of all, there's the rush of a violent wind, and then there's the fire, tongues of fire resting on the believer's heads. Wind and fire, God has shown up. And God is good to God's promises because God delivers on the power that Jesus promised before he ascended. The power comes, and you know what that power does? Well, the disciples wanted power to overthrow the Roman government, right? They wanted to reclaim the kingdom for Israel. Did the power show up to give them kind of military power? No. What did the power do for them when it showed up through the Holy Spirit? Well, the power gave them the power get ga- hold on, let me check this for a sec. This can't be right. This, this can't be right. The power gave them the ability to... yeah, this is right. The power gave them the ability to speak a second language. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to get some kind of superpower, I'm going to want the cloak of invisibility. To me, that's the best. You could kind of sneak around, watch what people are doing. That would be so much fun. And if I couldn't have the cloak of invisibility, I would want to be able to fly. You know, I'd fly down Opal Sands. I'd check you guys out who live in Largo and up in Palm Harbor. I would fly up north, those of you that are worshiping with us in Minnesota and Michigan and Canada. and You know, hi. I'd fly up there and see how you guys are doing. But, but you know the superpower that these disciples got? They got the ability to speak a second language. <laughs> you see, what, what happened in this story of Pentecost, uh, for, uh, for historically, folks who have studied this believe that it's a reversal of a story that happened way back in Genesis, the story of the Tower of Babel. And if you don't remember this story, uh, the Bible tells us that at one time all the peoples of the earth spoke the same language and they kind of got together and they're going to build this huge tower up into heaven. And God didn't like it one little bit. So God came down and disrupted the languages, caused all the different languages and they couldn't communicate. Because they couldn't communicate, they couldn't finish that Tower up into heaven, the Tower of Babel. And on Pentecost, that was totally eradicated. That was totally reversed. And now, all of these different languages, all of these different nationalities, they're suddenly being able to speak and to hear, to communicate. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not to dominate, but it's to communicate. So not only were they able to speak all of these different languages, and Luke, is very, the author of Acts, is, is very clear to make sure we know that, that this is a lot of different languages, a lot of different nationalities. Uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phyrogea, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, not to mention the Cretans and Arabs. Why is Luke so intentional to mention all of these different nationalities? He wants us to know that when the Holy Spirit comes, it's to help us bridge the things that divide us. So not only were they able to speak in a different language, in a different tongue, but let us not forget they were able to hear and understand in a new language, in a new tongue. Now, it's Pentecost Sunday. It's the day we celebrate the birthday of the church, oftentimes a a celebration. Some churches have birthday cake, and others deck out in all red, and some have uh, uh, banners, red banners and fire. And and I don't feel a whole lot like celebrating this Pentecost. If I'm keeping it real, I'm bringing a heavy heart to this Pentecost because, because the world is on fire. And it's not that Holy Spirit kind of fire. You've probably seen some of the same footage that I've seen of Minneapolis burning. It's burning because, because of hatred. And it's burning because of bigotry. And it's burning because of violence. And it's burning because people have had enough And it's easy to judge, right? It's easy to judge people carrying out a cart full from a busted up target and looting. It's easy to judge. But I think if we are people of faith, if we are people of the Holy Spirit, if we are people who who believe that the Holy Spirit has come to, to bridge divisions, to help us communicate with one another and not to dominate, then it's important that we that we remember George Floyd, and that we remember Brianna Taylor, and that we remember Ahmaud Arbery, and that we remember Christian Cooper, black men and women who have been targeted, victims of senseless violence. And people have had enough. Martin Luther King Jr. helps explain what's happening in Minneapolis and other places, he says that a riot is the language of the unheard. I want to say that again so it sinks in, okay? A riot is the language of the unheard. When people aren't heard, they resort to other measures to be heard. And what Pentecost teaches us is that is that the Spirit comes, enabling us to speak, but also to hear. We desperately need the Spirit in our nation to help us hear one another, to help us speak a new language, to help us hear from the voices of those who are oppressed and marginalized. We need the Holy Spirit to come, fall afresh on us. A friend of, of mine, an acquaintance I suppose, he was a long-time pastor uh, of a church in Birmingham, Dr. Marion Bascom. He's an African-American pastor I got to know through uh, my involvement with the International Council of Community Churches that our church is a part of. And uh, Dr. Bascom, I'm told, would tell young preachers this. He would tell young preachers, preacher, give them something to do. And so this preacher is going to attempt to give you something to do in three parts. Number one, speak. The Holy Spirit came empowering those. First disciples with the power of speech, to speak a new language, to speak a different tongue. So we must speak into injustice. We must speak on behalf of the oppressed and the marginalized. We must get between the oppressor and the oppressed, and we must speak truth. Speak, child of God, speak. The second thing is maybe even more important. Listen. We've got a whole lot of people talking and not nearly enough people listening. We need to be able to hear with fresh ears. We need to listen anew. It's so easy to to kind of cloister ourselves and listen to voices that are like ours. We must listen to the voices of those who are marginalized, of the voices of those who are oppressed, those who say, I can't breathe. So listen, child of God, listen. And number three, pray. Sometimes when we feel powerless, we feel like it's not enough to just pray, and I I don't think that's the right way to to go about it at all. There is power, dunamis, explosive power in prayer. When enough people pray, something happens, and it's usually our hearts are changed. And so we must pray for the victimized. We must pray for the oppressed. We must pray for the grieving. We must pray for the oppressor. And we must pray for ourselves that our hearts don't get hardened when we see countless act after countless act of violence and oppression. Let us pray that our hearts become softened. So pray, child of God, pray. And if you don't know how to pray, Here's a pro tip. In this book, this holy book we call the Bible, right about the middle of the book, there's a whole book of prayers. They're called psalms. So if you don't know how to pray, pick up the psalms and let the psalms pray when you don't have the words to speak. And so I'll close today with part of a psalm, Psalm 10, beginning with verse 12, and let this be our prayer today. Let's pray together. Rise up, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the oppressed. Why do the wicked renounce God and say in their hearts, you will not call us to account? But you do see. Indeed, you note trouble and grief, that you may take it into your hands, the helpless commit themselves to you. You have been the helper of the orphan. Break the arm of the wicked and evil doers. seek out their wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever, the nations shall perish from his land. O oh, Lord, you will hear the desire of the meek, you will strengthen their heart, you will incline your ear to do justice for the orphan and the oppressed, so that those from earth may strike terror no more." Let it be, people of God. Let it be. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.